Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Well, good morning. Uh, Due to uh, the subject of the message today, uh, I thought it would be more fruitful if uh, I shared some things uh, first and then we worshipped at the end because you'll be encouraged to encounter the Lord uh, with the message. Would you like to open with prayer? Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now into each one of us. Prepare our hearts and our minds to receive what you are doing to take us to that next level in Christ Jesus, that his presence would be known to us that his transforming power in each one of us would be known to us and that we would experience the power of you and of Jesus Christ, not for the sake of power, but because we had an intimate encounter and relationship with Jesus himself. Holy Spirit, make Jesus all in all for each one of us today. And we thank you. Thank you for your comfort, for your teaching, and that you are ever-present. And all we need to do is turn our hearts to you and say, fill me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, I I just ask uh, for your words to come forth. Uh, Your people need something from you, not something from me. So uh, just come forth. In, uh, in your power, your wisdom, your revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, we've been talking a little bit about what, what I call um, the apostolic gospel uh, or the, the full gospel uh, you you could give it a, a lot of different names, but the idea is that the Father in Jesus provided much more for us, and he has more for us than just the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Uh, so the way that that I've been explaining this, and I, I really want all of us to to have such a grasp of this that we can easily share it uh, with anyone, anywhere. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you a lot of us were taught about 
sanctification as, as a process and, and you could certainly uh, describe the second and third parts of what I'm calling the apostolic gospel as, as that, that, that sanctification. But I think for, for many of us who, who have been taught sanctification, it has come to mean something other than what I'm talking about. So, <clears throat> the first... Um, the first part of the apostolic gospel is the part that just about every Christian is, is familiar with. Uh, coming to be convinced of or have faith in Christ Jesus as the one who paid the penalty for our sin uh, with his atoning sacrifice on the cross. And uh, the word tells us that uh, we are saved by grace through faith, and that isn't even of ourselves. Uh, but we, we lay hold of that forgiveness and, and cleansing by being convinced of the truth that Jesus is who he said he was, the, the God-man uh, sent from the Father to, to bring us back to the Father and make a way for us. So that's, that's the first part. And uh, everyone who, who is a Christian must understand that because that, that is the beginning. That's the way we enter into this whole process. But... God the Father, being a holy God, he made more provision for us than just for the forgiveness of our sins. He also provided a way to deal with our sinful Adam nature that wants to continue to sin. <laughs> and and that way of, of dealing with it was that also, through faith, we, can, we become convinced of this because it's what Scripture tells us, that our old man actually died on the cross with Jesus. And, and laying hold of that with faith does give us a new level of power over sin in our own lives. Uh, and and again, it, it is something that we lay hold of by faith. Uh, the Word tells us that truth. We are exposed to it. When faith comes, we become convinced of it. And then it becomes a reality in our lives. And, and that, that is a bit of a process. Uh, but that... That isn't even yet the the entire gospel because there there is there is more and and that more uh, I want to read you a little passage from Ephesians 4 uh, I'll start in in verse 13 until we all 
attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's where we're headed. <laughs> we, we are headed to, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Which, which is the, the life of Christ Jesus coming forth in, in us. And, and that's not automatic. <laughs> uh, and and the, the second part, overcoming the flesh by reckoning it dead, that's, that's not automatic either. Uh, it, it takes us being convinced of it and then walking in in that faith that, that it is true. And in order for the the life of the Son of God to come forth in us in, in reality requires that our self-life go. <laughs> because as as much of the self life as we allow to remain that's that's how much of the life of Christ Jesus cannot come forth uh, and and there the thing that uh, that we need to understand is is that there is a fullness of life in Christ Jesus that is available to us that that we have not yet laid hold of and and that is for which the the lord laid hold of us <laughs> is is for his life to come forth in us so so let me just go on a little bit here uh, so that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, and, and this is the process, okay? Growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And, and that is our journey. Uh, which is is a lifelong journey, but but that is the goal. That's that's where this is headed. It, it's Christ likeness, and it's not. There's a huge difference between us trying to act like Jesus versus His life coming forth from inside of us. And coming out, they're they're two totally different things. Sometimes they can look similar <laughs> until the heat really gets turned up, because <laughs> then what's really inside comes out, uh, and that's <clears throat> that's really what I'm getting at. So, continuing on in, in Ephesians four. So we grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together 
and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So the third part of the apostolic gospel is is the fact that it is the Father's will that, that the life of Christ Jesus would come forth in his people. And and that, that is done as as we grow up into him uh, in in every little area of of our lives. That that we we see the nature of Christ Jesus and our own nature in that area is exposed and we surrender what we wanted because we see that there's a higher way, a better way. <laughs> and, and then we embrace that higher and better way. And, and that is the Lord's process for us in, in becoming fully mature uh, followers of Jesus Christ. So uh, that is what, what I'm calling the apostolic gospel, and I think that is the gospel that is in the process of being restored in the church right now, in, in our generation. Because it, this is the need of the hour. <laughs> to have the life of Christ come forth in a people and, and to do those greater works that Jesus said his people would do. Uh, so, anyway, this, this we've been talking about for, uh, for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, every time Luke and Danny have been gone, so I need to give them a little <laughs> tutorial. Uh, but I, I started reading this book uh, a while back. Um, I just stumbled across it. Uh, and it's a book by Andrew Murray. And uh, do you remember the name of it exactly? It's Spiritual Life. Uh, and there's, there's a little more descriptive subtitle, but... It's, it's about the most helpful book I've ever come across in getting into the third element of, of the gospel, having the life of Christ Jesus come forth in us. So I want to talk about some, some really practical things today uh, about making progress. Uh, but I, I, think, I think maybe before I even do that, uh, I might have Kim read this article that uh, Terry Bennett posted. I think that was just this week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's dated the 12th. Persevering under the burden of the Lord. By Terry Bennett, we have been on a journey together of learning to bear the burden of the Lord. But with that, 
burden comes tremendous battle and a level of wholehearted commitment that requires everything you've got. You might be starting to realize how quickly the burden of the Lord can be lost or feel like it's there one moment but gone the next. It can feel like the cares of this life choke out the burden and thus true ministry because it all begins with the burden. Even to minister to the Lord, you must have that burden. It is so easy for our hearts to become tired of the fight when what God has made precious to us comes under such battle. We can grow weary of the conflict when we realize this war goes on and on with no end in sight. Does there always have to be conflict? The answer is yes. In this life, you are going to have tribulation, and you must settle that issue. Jesus was straightforward about it. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 16:33. Tribulation is going to come with regularity. God is going to use it to refine us and try us. Much of the church is out there trying to rebuke things off of us. God, the Holy Spirit, is trying to get things in us and awaken us to them by use of conflict. When God leads you to a battle, stay in it. Just stay there. And having done everything to stand, stand. Let God be the mighty warrior that he is. So much of the battle comes down to ourself. We will never be satisfied with Jesus fully until God breaks some of the things in our self-life. He brings self down and he rises. He fills where self has filled us. This is the great battle, isn't it? But we need to stay in it. You will never get to a place in this life where you can say, well, I'm done with self. I wish that were true, but I have not found that to be true, and you will not find that to be true. Paul, Paul makes that very clear at the end of his life. He's still in the battle, and he is not half-hearted about it. Are we wholehearted in this battle, or are we half-hearted in the battle? Are we dulled down, or are we still burning with inward fire of Christ? Is there more territory that the Lord would take in us as a people, more that he would dominate as a people, more that he would give of himself, share of himself? Is there more that he would bestow upon us in the fullness of his Son? Have we conquered all? The Lord is conquering in us and still gaining ground, this is going to take something called vigilance. The fruit of the spirit of self-control takes two parts, vigilance and diligence. When I approached the throne one specific time, I was seeing the steps in the reverse order in the fruit of the spirit. The bottom step was self-control on the front side, but as I went around the throne, Written on the other side were diligence and diligence. I know those 
are intricately linked. The control of self is what is in view, but no mistake, control of self is not done by us, but by the Holy Spirit. Unless the Spirit controls you, you are not his. Vigilance and diligence are needed in this warfare. You are in the battle for your very soul. You are in the battle for your very destiny of God in you and in your family. You are in battle for the destiny of Christ in you at all times, and it does not go away. There are no rest areas where you pull over for a while. The rest has to come by knowing of the Lord. He becomes your rest. He becomes your confidence. He becomes everything to us. Here is the great question. How does Christ become everything? And I do mean everything. If he is not everything to us, we must carry on. That progression includes the trying of our faith, which is more precious than gold. It includes the battle and the warfare. It includes suffering for his namesake. It is inescapable and includes the working of the cross, the dying of the Lord in me so that the, he may be the resurrection, the only life in me. So carry on, soldier. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 16, 7. That's quite a description of, of the warfare that, that we're in, but, but I think it's pretty realistic. Because the thing is, we, we can get ourselves all wrapped up in, in all kinds of religious activity so that we're too busy to even enter into that warfare so that we don't even think it's necessary because I'm doing all these great things. <laughs> uh, but this this is what the Lord has, has called us into. And so uh, I want to talk about some practical things, practical matters in um, in making progress in in the battle because even though the self life is is sort of the enemy in in this battle uh we can't focus on the self life <laughs> we can't focus on getting rid of the self life because if if that's our focus, then we almost, of necessity, have, have lost already because <laughs> the self-life wants to be the focus all, all the time. 
and uh, it, it has to not be the focus. So uh, I'm, I'm going to share something that I got from Andrew Murray that, uh, I mean, it's, it's so simple that um, most of you will, will just say, duh, but I'm, I'm hoping that, that it uh, hits you with the same power of revelation that, that it hit me with. So the first part of this process is focusing on who God is and getting him in the right place in our life. That's, that's, that's the first step. And, and this, this is how Andrew Murray puts it. There is one greater than I. And it is my blessedness to live in dependence upon him with a will surrendered to his will and faith in his working. If I am to be in Christ and Christ in me, then what was his life must become my life. Fellowship with God and dependence upon God. I must understand who God is and give him the highest place in my heart, for that is the place that he deserves as God. So, just that one simple statement, there, there is one greater than I. And it is my blessedness to live in complete dependence and complete submission to this one. That takes in the whole Beatitudes. That 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 takes in the the Sermon on the Mount, <laughs> of of which the Beatitudes was was the beginning. Uh, this one thing, failure in, in this one thing, got Satan kicked out of heaven. <laughs> I will arise. I will. I will. So, yeah, there, there is one greater than I. So we can't focus on getting ourselves off the throne of our hearts. We have to focus on getting God on the throne of our hearts. Because <laughs> if we get him on the throne, we won't be there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, there's so much more you, that we could add to, to that simple statement. There, 
there is one greater than I who, who is altogether holy, who, who is the fount of all wisdom, who, who is righteous and, and just in, in all of his ways. Uh, there, there's one who knows what's better for me better than I do. And that's him. Yes. Uh, so, that's really the, the first step in this. And, and so the second step is having this right idea of God leads to having a right idea of ourselves. Uh, so if I give him the right place, then that leaves another place <laughs> for me. Because I am a created being. I have nothing holy. I have nothing good except that which God gives me. I am called to be a vessel for his glory. And to represent him rightly on the earth. And I, I can't do that without the Holy Spirit working in me. Hmm. I, I lack wisdom. I need wisdom from the one who is the fount of all wisdom. Uh, I, I need the life of heaven within me. Because the life that I have in and of myself is not going to help anybody. It's, it's not enough. And so, you know, when the Word says, put your mind on, on things above, not things on the earth, this is the way to do that. Think about all the ways that God is above us. <laughs> all the ways that he is greater than us. And that's why he has to be in the highest place in, in our life. Because if, if the one who is the highest and the holiest and the greatest and the most powerful and the most wise and the most just isn't then then our life is going to be lower in in all of those ways <laughs> it, it's it's going our life is going to lack in all of those areas if i trust myself in, instead of seeking something from our father in heaven So, 
Anyway, this is this has been very helpful to me. <laughs> I I hope it is helpful uh, to uh, all of us. Uh, I I do want to share some scriptures because there's there's something that I think is true uh, in that. Um, because I have been one to, to read a lot of books in addition to the Word of God. And I, I think sometimes I've, I've tried to get to a place in certain areas of the Spirit that were beyond my level of scriptural revelation. And I don't think that works. I think it leads to frustration. <laughs> because I think in God's way and his plan, there's a requirement uh, that we receive certain revelation before we can get to certain places. And, and the way that he wants to give us that revelation is, is from the scripture illuminated by the Holy Spirit uh, rather than just having read about somebody else who got there. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean having read about somebody else who got someplace is a bad thing because it challenges us and it shows us that you can actually get there. <laughs> But, but the Lord doesn't allow us to take shortcuts uh, in, in Revelation because I, I think in, in his wisdom, he knows that for us to stand in that place, we, we've got to have our own revelation from Scripture. Uh, we can't stand in somebody else's revelation. Uh, that's... That's a deep truth if you didn't just catch that. <laughs> so I do want to share some scriptures with you related to what I'm talking about. Uh, the first one is First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is one of those verses that most of us have probably read over a little too quickly. Something that we tend to do when we think we already know something. Um, <clears throat> and we have to try to avoid that. <laughs> for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit.
And this is one of those cases where there's a lot more to this than what I think we have thought it meant. <laughs> because we, having grasped the, the first element of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, and, and now because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus, we, we now have access to the Father, and that means we can pray to him. And that's where most believers probably cut it off. Well, I submit to you that I submit to you that there's a lot more to it than that. And it has to do with us being seated with Christ in heavenly places. It has to do with the veil that was rent from top to bottom. Christ Jesus came and suffered that he might literally bring us into the presence of God. That's, that's what Peter's talking about. He's, he's not talking about some far away, distant prayer access that we have. Okay? And I, and I think this is for all of us. There, There is an access to the presence of God that has been made available to us by Christ Jesus that we have not yet entered into. And we haven't entered into it because we haven't had faith for it. We haven't had the revelation, so we haven't become convinced of it. And until we get revelation and become convinced of the truth of it, we can't walk in faith in it. And we all know that it's faith that accesses the resources of heaven. It's not need. <laughs> and we all have a need <laughs> to be in the presence of God. But we need faith that Christ Jesus actually provided it for us in order to truly enter into it. So let me go on. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. And this 
And the next few verses I'm going to share are, are dealing with the same subject, further illuminating it. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So we, we understand that Christ Jesus is our high priest, the one who was fully God and fully man, the, the only one qualified to be the mediator between God and man because he was God and man. And, and he is the high priest where? At the right hand of the Father in heaven in a glorified human body because he, in becoming man, that was, that was for all time. There, there wasn't going back. He, he is the one with the glorified human body in heaven. At the right hand of the Father, that is where he is our high priest. And that is where we can draw near with confidence because he is our high priest. It gets better. Hebrews 10, starting in uh, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, or other, other translations say veil, through the veil, that is, through his flesh, or other translations, through his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful I probably should have printed this in the New American Standard instead of ESV that I usually like to use uh, <clears throat> but verse 20 uh, well let's, let's go back to 19 uh, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter 
the holy place. And some translations say the most holy place. Uh, <clears throat> but actually the Greek doesn't use the, uh, the, the word, uh, the expletive most. Uh, so it's holy place or holy places by the blood of Jesus. By this new and living way that he opened for us through the veil that was his body. Now I've talked about this before, um, <clears throat> what that means, but it's been a while and uh, this, this is some deep stuff that the writer of Hebrews is, uh, is telling us here. That Christ Jesus, in, in making a way to bring us to the Father, he created a new and living way for us to enter the holy place. And it was, it was through the tearing of the veil that was his body. Now here we have to understand the unique aspect of the body. Of the Son of God. Because in, in Jesus, his body was kind of like a veil. Because on one side of his body, there was humanity. And, and all the need of humanity. There was connection of humanity. Because he, he was fully human also fully God and that that's the other side of the veil because on the other side of the veil that was his body was heaven and God the Father and and complete and direct and full access to all of that so that when his body was torn as it was, that separation between God and man was done away with. It was, it was opened up. That, that veil, the veil in, in the temple was just a symbol of what was happening in, in the, the body, the life of Christ Jesus. For us. So, so do not put limits on what you have access to in heaven. through this new and living way that was open to us by Christ Jesus.
because you have and I have. Because it's what we've been taught. And it's been wrong. We have access to the throne of God. Because Jesus came to bring us to the Father. That's what scripture says. And, and he didn't mean after we die. He didn't qualify it. So it's, it's up to us to explore this new and living way opened to us by Christ Jesus, our great high priest. who has provided for us every for every spiritual need that we have he, he has give, the father has given it to us in Christ Jesus now what what is this for Okay, that's that's the the big question. Why? And here is the why. Second Corinthians three eighteen. So that we with unveiled face may behold the glory of the Lord and be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this is from the Lord who is Spirit. So what am I saying? I'm, I'm saying that my spirit and your spirit have access to the very throne of God in heaven for the purpose of beholding the glory of God and that in such beholding we will be transformed This, this changes a lot of things. 
You see again. We have to get this revelation. So meditate on these scriptures. You need this revelation. Somebody just tried to help you get a, a jump start. <laughs> but you got to have this revelation for yourself if you're going to be able to enter into this, if you're going to be able to stand in this. I'm just getting started. Because I just got this this week. But we got to have the revelation of our access, and then we've got to become convinced that it's true, and then we can have faith to begin to actually enter into it. And I believe this is where we're going, that as we begin to, to actually, by faith, enter into the, the presence of God with our spirit, that our, our spirit is, is going to be strengthened beyond anything that we've known. And we're going to begin to be like Moses. That when he came down from the mountain, the glory of God was so bright on his face that the people wanted him to wear a veil so they wouldn't freak out. This, this is... This is a new kind of prayer that we need to enter into. And it's, it's more about stillness before a holy God than saying anything. And I believe that the glory of God will begin to transform us. And this this battle that that Kim was reading about is gonna seem not nearly so difficult because by spending time in in the presence of our holy God his, his holiness will, will begin to penetrate our being. And we will be transformed from glory to glory to glory. And, and see, this, this, this is the way to have the life of Christ come forth on, on the earth. It, it is the way that Jesus 
stayed connected to the Father while he was on Earth. You know, I was just reading the, the beginning of Mark's Gospel this week, and, you know, Jesus called uh, James and John and Peter and Andrew, and, and then they went to... Um, Peter's house and his mother-in-law was sick so Jesus healed the mother-in-law and then they brought everybody who was sick in the whole village and Jesus healed everybody and I mean it must have been a late night (laughs) and an amazing time But then we read, And before dawn, Jesus went away up on a mountain to pray. Because he had to know what was next. He had to know what was for today and if we want the life of Christ Jesus to come forth in us that's the life that we're going to enter into the life that he lived is going to be the life that we live any questions This is this is his his work. We we have faith in the working of the Holy Spirit to to do this in us. Yeah. I know. I know. How sad. <laughs> How sad. Yes. And we know that there are those who've entered into this. Something that was coming to me as Jerry was speaking. If you remember the parable of the sword, or the soils, whichever way you want to look at it. After Jesus spoke the word, it says that the enemy came and stole the word out of their hearts. So what I'm getting is I need to, for me, I'll let you guys decide before the Lord what you need to do, but um, I need to go home and write out these verses or copy and paste them onto a document or something so I can carry it with me this week and meditate on these passages that Jay's brought to us today. Because I'll, I'll guarantee you, the enemy doesn't want you to retain this. Okay? He does not want you to grow in this area because you'll become a threat to his kingdom. Okay, and you'll begin to glorify God, which he certainly doesn't want. 
So I just encourage you in whatever way you need to, to really take heed to what we've been taught today. Because I believe this is vital to our growth at this point. So I just encourage you to do what it takes to meditate on this so you can grow in it. And, you know, even though uh, the the Lord was faithful in, in answering my prayer before I prayed this morning, because I, I got to tell you that I did not have all the revelation that I shared with you before I started. <laughs> but I have been, by faith, entering into the presence of God. Uh, and there's, uh, there's one passage I need to share to encourage, and, and that is uh, also from Hebrews, Hebrews 11:6. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. For those who diligently seek him. Other translations. So understand that this is a process. Okay? Um, You can't really trust your success in this on your feelings what what you may or may not feel on on any given day in your approaching uh, of the Lord uh, but know that we can't come to him without faith And that he does reward those who diligently seek him. And and that we can approach the throne of grace. Because the veil has been torn. Barbara, did you have something? Just further to what Arnie said, and and this is so true, the devil is, boy, he's going to get you before you get off your knees sometimes, huh? But, um, and, and, and Jay mentioned Moses coming down, and he was in the presence of God, and the people said, get away from me. But God told him while he was up there, get down there because there's noise in the camp. And God knew what what they were doing. They were building the golden calf. And Exodus 32, and and y'all can look this up, but, but this is the truth. Moses is in the presence of God for 40 days. 
He comes down from the mountain. He's got the Ten Commandments in his hands. He sees the people down there building the golden calf. And what does he do? He got so mad, he threw the tablets on the ground. So what Arnie said is right. Satan's going to try and get you because it's like the sowers. He steals the word. So, you know, we have a lot of examples of, of what Arnie said in the scripture. So we have to always watch our backs because um, the devil hates us. Um, amen. I, I think we should worship the Lord. <laughs> we have much to give thanks for. Uh, oops, I forgot something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we have been uh, seeking as as a body to grow in the prophetic. Um, Paul said he he would that all would prophesy, and so. Uh, we we have been uh, picking out a couple people each week to to pray for throughout the week, and uh, and then on uh, Sunday as we gather, uh, we we've been uh, giving those words of encouragement, those prophetic words to to those people that uh, that the Lord gives us, and this week. Uh, we were praying for Phil and Chris, <laughs> so uh, I, I think we better do that now because otherwise uh, I'm pretty sure I'll forget. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you guys come back down, and then we'll <laughs> we'll worship when we're done with this. So who would like to go first? <laughs> okay. So Chris, um, the Lord gave me Isaiah 12, 3. Behold, God is your salvation. You will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is your strength and your song, and he has become your salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy. Yeah, 
mean, it's good. It's Chris. I see fire. But not just a regular fire. I see a fire that attracts other people, attracts that, consu it, it, it consumes you and draws everybody else into you so that you want to, they want to have what you have. That's what excites me about you when I around you. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Chris, you've been a great example to me, a great friend. The Lord had given me these scriptures. It's in Matthew 13, verse 16, 17, and 23. But blessed are your eyes, for they see and your years for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. But he who receives seeds on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, which is you, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. And God bless you, my friend. Well, you may think this is funny, but but you have a sense of humor. <laughs> but um, but I see you dancing, and you are wildly dancing. And okay, <laughs> okay, and and I mean, you know, I know we all have physical limitations that would you know, sometimes prohibit us walking, let alone dancing, but but you are just a wild woman, just dancing before the Lord, and I think part of that is dancing in your heart, but that's a joy, uh, the joy of the Lord that you have. Chris? <laughs> She's funny. Um, the Lord calls you his daughter. You're precious. And you're beautiful in his eyes. And I just bless you. Joy. There's just a grace on your life. It's profound, profound grace. The scripture I got for you is Psalm 45, verses 2 through 4. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured out upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, Almighty One, with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp 
in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. So much power, power where you walk. Walk in that grace. Chris, you are fresh breeze. And thanks be to God who in Christ always leads you in triumphal procession and through you spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death and to the other a fragrance from life to life. There is a fresh breeze surrounding you that comes into the room and changes the atmosphere with you. That's 2 Corinthians 2, uh, starting in 14. The word fresh relates, I think, to a picture I got of you sitting by a mountain stream. I see the Lord refreshing you and giving you strength. I know you're a woman who draws away with the Lord. But I just believe he wants to strengthen you and empower you during that time. And reveal new things to you. New aspects of his character that you haven't yet known. Chris, what I see for you is um, you have a motherly anointing on you, and not just in the natural, but um, God's given you a grace that you can disarm people. That, that it's, it's almost like that you can be a mother and have a, a mother-daughter talk or a mother-son talk with anybody. And you can, the grace that you have just takes down those walls and allows whoever it is just to open up to you. And, and be themselves and express themselves and then you have you tie in God with it all and so I see you with the motherly anointing mm. so Chris So the Lord's done a deep work in you. And uh, it blesses the Lord how, uh, how soft your heart is to him.
It's it's like a husband and a wife where uh, you know uh, for the Lord to get some people to respond, he, he's got to have a lightning strike and speak a paragraph. All, all he's got to do to you is, is, is tilt his head. There was a hole here at the vineyard. Before you came. wasn't just that there was a place for you. It was that you were needed. Robin, can I give you a word? Uh, I felt like the Lord was saying that your identity is not in your past, but it's it's in who he's making you now and in the future. And it's a beautiful identity. Phil? <laughs> I feel like uh, the Lord's saying, you're on the right track. And uh, he's, he's developing in you a, a heart of compassion for those who, who don't know the Lord. And uh, I feel like he's, he's releasing wisdom upon you. And, and that verse, uh, he who wins souls is wise. Um, that's, that's for you. So Phil, it's similar to what the Lord said yesterday, but he's expanded it. So Isaiah 11 is... For you, it's about Jesus as the branch. But Jesus says, that's who I am in you. So to take Isaiah 11 and just ask the Holy Spirit to put it in your heart. But what really um, highlighted for me was that, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see or by what his ears hear. So again, saying to the Holy Spirit, I don't want to see things as they appear, I want to see as they are. 
And so I bless you with that. Bill, I see you as a gentle, loving spirit that draws people in. A lot of times, people who don't know the Lord are coming out with hellfire and brimstone, and that pushes them away. You will draw people in because of the love and the gentleness that the Lord has instilled in you. couple verses I have for you. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 say, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught. And I've seen that happen in your life. You have been rooted and established in him. And you are being built up to the word I got was transition. Because of what God has done, he's preparing you for a transition. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. But there's a transition coming in in your ministry. There's a transition coming in your boldness. You're going to grow even more than you <laughs> I've seen tremendous growth over the last year or two. It just amazes me. But there's a new boldness that's going to come. A new authority that's going to come. So step into it. Just receive it from the Lord. He's got your back. That reminds me, I had a little more. <laughs> You're not moving. Because <laughs> uh, the Lord said something to me about uh, uh, you didn't even know where Cheyenne was when, when the Lord moved, moved you here. I'm having trouble actually putting this into words but uh, it, it's like you're going to be known for something that happens in Cheyenne this has been hard for me with my husband <laughs> Because you're right, we we didn't know where Cheyenne was. And the Lord moved us here, and I'm I'm so thankful, and I know He is also. And I've seen such a change in Him in the past few years. It's awesome. And the Lord just gave me the scripture. It's Proverb three, five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Yes. Yes. Thank you. 
Isaiah 61, the year of the Lord's favor, the whole chapter. <laughs> but especially the part where they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. There's such a strength and solidness about you, Phil. That came from the Lord. He planted you here. He grew you into something massive and strong and beautiful. Oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities. <clears throat> the whole chapter. Well, I was getting the word courage. Um, and then people started talking about your ministry, so I looked it up in, in Joshua 1, 9 says this partially be strong and courageous do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go The Lord has shown me something in the spiritual realm. I see that the Lord has given you, you know, the, the bow and the arrows. He's given you that to use as a weapon. And he will show you how to use them. Just like the, the High Plains Indians <laughs> come to this place. And this is where the Lord has you. You know I love you. Okay. Um, the Lord gave me something that I don't know if you know about. In, Psalm, in so Song of Solomon, it talks about having dove eyes. And dove eyes, the, the, the peculiar thing about doves is uh, their eyes are straight forward. They're the, I think they're the only bird that can look straight forward. And so uh, the Lord used that example as you, when you place your gaze on him, it doesn't look to the left. Or right. Which dovetails into the other thing he gave me, which is um, uh, delight thyself in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. I've seen very few people in my walk that continually, when I talk to them about Jesus, delight themselves in the Lord. And you are one of them. And it, it, it's an encouragement to me when I get grousy and, you know, wah, wah, wah. Because you are not like that when we talk about Jesus. You are just thrilled. And the joy of the Lord is all over you. you your face shines. And you don't know that because you're not looking at you. So, you know, when I want to do weird things to you, it's because I love you. <laughs> but it's that joy. I just see the joy all the time, you know, and, it, and it's a blessing to my spirit all the time. Just know that. Just keep walking there. So, Phil, what I got was uh, dynamite comes in small packages. 
and you've been pushed aside and you've been looked down upon for a long time and you've been all right with that. But things are changing. As you open yourself up and as you begin to grow in God, there's going to be a power inside of you that people don't expect. And it's not going to be an outward power, but as you encounter people in your comings and goings on a daily basis, people are going to realize that they've encountered a man of God. And where the dynamite comes into play is the hard areas in their lives, the difficult places that a lot of people don't want to surrender or deal with, you're going to be able to deal with it and you're going to be able to break those hard areas up. Just like dynamite, what they do with quarries and the rocks and all that. And so dynamite comes in small packages. Well, I got another verse for you. First Timothy, First Timothy chapter three, verse seven. No, I'm sorry. First Timothy three thirteen. For those who have served well as deacons, which you have, obtain for themselves a good standing. And I think we would all agree that you have obtained that. And great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So that's part of that boldness that's already been mentioned. But it comes as a result of your faithfulness to serve. Proverbs 1.7 in the translation that we're used to hearing says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, I looked it up in Passion and it says we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. So what I got is that you've crossed a threshold and the door is wide open. Anybody else? Yeah, Phil, you are an encouragement. Just through your lifestyle, through your words, through your prayers, you encourage others. You bring them life. You've encouraged me in the prayer rooms and have touched me, and it's powerful. It's amazing. I got this verse, and I was trying to figure out what does this mean. <laughs> but it's Genesis 8 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease that there are those seasons, seasons of life you go through. And just remain steadfast, remain strong in that, in who you are. That there is a seed time and a harvest, and you've planted seeds and you may not have seen them harvested yet, but be patient. Just uh, be faithful to the Lord, be faithful to what he's calling you to. And there is a harvest coming. Well, I, I know this takes a little while to do, but it's worth it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just proud of everybody uh, that we're we're growing in this, and as as we as we do this in a safe place. You know, we're we're more able to to do it out in the marketplace and uh, wherever we find ourselves. So, uh, 
let's uh, let's at least do a couple songs and uh, you know I've never ever been able to do an hour service uh, I used to be able to do an hour and a half but it's it's kind of getting to where two hours is about it anymore uh, <laughs> so uh, you know if if you have somewhere you need to go uh, feel free to, to go but uh, I just uh, I want us to come into the presence of the Lord for a little bit and uh, minister to him give give thanks to him uh, for what he's opened up to us today amen mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs>